0: Hello and welcome to Tech Demand Weekly, the podcast for B2B marketing professionals. In the last episode, I spoke with Orbit Media's Andy Crestadina about video marketing. In that episode, Andy spoke about the three different types of marketing video, social media, content videos, and conversion videos. In this episode, we keep to the theme of video marketing and ask the question, how can you make your own videos?
1: what happens in the b2b world is people think that if i give enough logical arguments and i give enough proof points and i give enough factual information that people will buy if it's information then actually you don't need to spend very much money on it because people are there for the information not for the emotion of what they're trying to get. But if you want to communicate emotion, and that could be anything from trust to feel of the brand, then you want to be spending a bit more money on it and you want to think about it in a different way. People are looking for businesses to stand for something
0: because it's the right thing to do. Adam Penny is the MD and Creative Director of Connected Pictures, a video production company based in London. Along with his team, Adam focuses on making films for brands and businesses that get to the root of why a brand exists, why their mission is relevant to its target audiences and finding creative and inspiring ways to connect the two. The latest state of video marketing study shows that a third of all surveyed brands dedicate 5% or less of their resources to video. So to start our conversation, I asked Adam what he makes of this figure.
1: video is now kind of bundled up in all sorts of other content. So it's sometimes difficult to then put a figure on it or it's um, kind of uh, given as a service by um, someone's b2b marketing agency so again it's kind of difficult to to know but also the other thing i would say is you know people's results of uh, what what they want to get the the metrics the the conversion that they want to get from video content isn't always what they think it 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 should be um, and so i think that the 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 kind of love for video kind of comes and goes depending on what 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 people are saying the latest trends are, but also what people are expecting to get from it. And, and and it could be just be that last year people thought, well, actually, I haven't got as much conversion as I thought I was going to get from it. I wanted more direct conversion. But actually, what we find is the best video content is more useful when it's building a brand, when it's building meaning, when it's when it's more of a brand building tool than a direct marketing and sales tool.
0: Yeah, I, I think that the same can sort of be said for podcasting as well. At the moment, I, I have a couple of clients who are basically looking to further their brand and get their brand out there. And they've, they've come to me, they've said, I'd really like to sort of make a podcast to uh, to, to basically get people to buy my products and, and buy my services. And, and I turned around and, and, and said, well, I, I don't know exactly how I'm, uh, I can help you make sure that you do get more business. I can make people feel what your business is about and I can get them to understand who you are, but trying to then use the podcast to actually then say, right, well, this lead came from me doing that podcast. That's almost impossible.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And we, we, we find the same, you know, and, you know, as I said, we work with all sorts of brands and businesses and some have that kind of, um, the majority of them own their own channels. So we don't get too much involved or uh, with some of them in terms of, you know, where it's then seen. And some of those channels are very much right. We want direct click through to our website or direct click through to purchase. And some are much more, well, you know, we'll try it on here and we'll try it on there. And it's kind of going to go on LinkedIn. And obviously, we want a bit of a presence here. But but to be able to say, well, that came from there is, is really, really difficult.
0: Yeah, I think one of the things that maybe we've got in podcasting over video slightly is the fact that um, we we will upload a podcast onto a hosting website and it's that hosting website that will then distribute it to all the different platforms like iTunes and uh, Spotify. But the the host will actually claim all the data. So it will actually we'll be able to see who's listening, how old they are, and 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 things like that. But we'll also be able to see the percentage of listeners that are using each platform. But we get to see that. Whereas I suppose with video, unless you're using say YouTube as your primary host, you, you don't necessarily get all that analysis back to you, do you?
1: No, I mean we we, we sit and go um, when we're working out what we what films our clients want. Um, we'll we'll take them through a process where we kind of go, okay. Audience mindset, context, journey. Audience, obviously, who is your audience? What's their audience persona? Mindset, where are they before they see the video or they're part of the campaign? Where do we want them to be afterwards? Context, what's their context for watching? And this is where it kind of gets interesting for for what we're talking about. You know, are they watching it on the phone in the morning when they're traveling to work and they want a bit of information? Are they watching it in a presentation? Are they watching it as part of um, a an onboarding sequence? Have they seen a, a banner ad and they're clicking to find out more? Um, and then connected to that is obviously the journey. What's their then their journey to not just seeing one video, but, but being taken through the, the sales funnel to see more and more and more? And once we can plot out those different things, we'll know what kind of videos we need to make. But it, it's very hard because, you know, video context of watching video are are com- are completely different. And again, therefore, it's difficult to know whether it's a, just a purely brand building exercise or whether it's sales
0: do you with that do you get clients coming to you sort of already having that idea in their head of what they want to make and then it's your kind of job to actually say well hang on a minute let's go through this process to actually establish what kind of video that actually will work for you rather than just taking their word for it
1: absolutely i mean we 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 spend a lot of time kind of coaching our our clients into into thinking the right way and they might have a as you said have an idea about okay, this is who we want to reach or this is the kind of film that we want to make. But obviously the question that we ask first is why? Why do you want that film? Why that tone of voice? Why that story and not that story? And what we try and do is get them to the point of, okay, what effect do you want to have? And, And once we know what effect they want to have, then we can kind of we can qualify whether that story is right, whether that film is right.
0: Do Do you ever get clients coming to you and, and and saying, "Oh, I've seen this video by this company, and and I want the same for for us."
1: And, yes, and and we actually we get them doing that with our films as well. They would have seen our film somewhere and go, "We want one of those." And even then, even when it's ours, we we still kind of we we take a step back and go, "But why?" Why do you want that film? We made it for that client. Why do you think it's right for you? And again, that thing of, okay, well, what what effect do you want to have? What are you trying to achieve first? Let's have that conversation. And then let's talk about whether this film is actually right.
0: So going back to that uh, state of video marketing study, every year video is always predicted to be the big thing for the content marketer. Yet 5%, as we've both said, is such a low figure. do you think it might be the perceived cost of video that's, that's holding people back and is, is the main barrier for, for creating it? Video
1: is such a broad offering, a broad kind of how, as, as we call it. So I think it's, I think a lot of people have kind of picked it up and put it down and don't necessarily always know what to do with it. And I think that there is a need for people to understand storytelling better, to understand their tone of voice better, to understand their audiences better, how they can reach them, and then they will start to use video in the right way. And I think that people, because because of, of surveys like this or or, or, or um, positions where they're going, well, we've got to be doing video. If we're not doing video, what are we doing? And it's it's starting with the wrong conversation. You know, it's got to start with okay, why? What do you want to achieve? Then let's look at the full suite of tools on offer that can help you to achieve it.
0: Yeah, I, I think, and, and because of the fact that there are there are so many different types of video. I mean. You 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 can you, you can make a make a big film that will last for for an hour that will literally be showcasing absolutely everything about you subliminally almost, um, or you can go straight for the sort of the kill the thirty second to maybe two minute video that literally just punches the audience straight in the face with all of the facts and all of the information. I, and I I, I, su- I suppose in a way that when you say to potentially a, a b2b marketer for the first time let's do video they're instantly thinking about hollywood and and not thinking simple actually this doesn't cost me any more money than what i've already spent on say my mobile phone
1: so one of the things that we um have been talking about is yeah is that emotion versus information and if it's information then actually you don't need to spend very much money on it because people are there for the information not for the emotion of what they're trying to get. But if you want to communicate emotion and that could be anything from trust to feel of the brand, then you want to be spending a bit more money on it and you want to think about it in a different way. So then you really need to think about, okay, if I'm going to create an emotional piece of content, I definitely want to have a teaser or a trailer that kind of highlights what that content is and then lead people to what that key piece is. Maybe it's a brand film or something like that. And then what we try and do is go, okay, well even further, if once I'm hooked in emotionally as an audience or as a, as, a, as a customer, how can I find out even more? And we, we go for a, a, a third tier, a third level, which qualifies some of the, the content that you've seen in what we call as that key piece or that brand piece. Mm-hmm. The other thing, just, just on that, um, the other point that I, that I wanted to make with that is brands and businesses specifically need to earn the right to give that emotional content, to give that content which is, is longer. I think, uh, and, and again, this is why maybe there's been a, a decrease in video spend this year. If you, if, if you think about some of the big bigger consumer brands, they are constantly having conversations with their people online. You know, they're constantly putting stuff out there. And so when it comes to them trying to do something different or something that's longer form or something that's more emotional, people already have that kind of relationship with the brand that they will sit and watch for longer and engage better. What B2B brands do or what B2B brands don't do is they don't lead people in in the right way when it comes to video content so you you can you know i've seen studies where you we you can give people on a b in a b2b context up to sort of 20 minutes or 30 minutes of video content but nobody's going to sit and watch that straight off so you've got to kind of go okay in 10 to 15 seconds of a teaser i'm going to explain to you why you're going to get something out of watching this for longer than a minute then within that minute You've got to hook people in that they're going to go. Actually, I'm going to want to watch this for for three minutes. More than that, obviously, it starts to become more tricky. But but I think people try and either go one way or the other. They either try and go. Well, we got it. We've only got 15 seconds. It's got to be quick and punchy. Otherwise, it's not doing its job, which isn't quite true. It's the the brand that hasn't been doing the job well enough of. Understanding what benefits the audience would have by engaging with the content more deeply
0: so so would you be sort of suggesting in that case then to actually just just connect with the audience first with um, with other pieces of content other than video in the first place, but then slowly sort of bring video into Um, what you're actually doing for your content marketing
1: we always try and encourage our our clients to think about it in a broader campaign especially um, when it's something that's that's directly to do with marketing and sales you know you 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 just can't give people a, a deep emotive video and expect them to engage with it unless you've given them a reason to watch you know, we, we were doing a, a workshop with some, with with a group recently, um, looking at a piece of marketing content um, by Philips, which was superb. But but you know, and I I, I did the same thing, and I, I called it out in the in the workshop where it's kind of like I I know that I'm looking at that time bar within the first three to five seconds to know how much of my life I have to dedicate to watching this, and whether I'm actually going to get something back. And so so you've really got to think about giving your audience that reason to watch that benefit early on before they even start, really.
0: You've already mentioned um, our interview with Andy Cressidina last week. He actually talked about having three types of marketing videos, social media, content, and then conversion videos. Uh, Do you share the same thoughts? I know you've already mentioned informative and and emotional.
1: Yeah, um, we, we do share the same thought, I do share the same thought, but but we talk about it in slightly different ways, so we look in terms of that audience mindset context journey is something that we will look at and kind of deep dive into with clients uh, but then we we'll look very much at this sales funnel and at the top you've got awareness you're trying to hook people in, so you want videos that are short, snappy, and emotive to hook the viewer in um, when you kind of go further down the sales funnel into the research phase. You want videos that allow the customer or the audience to explore, and there you can have content that's more informational and less emotional because you've already hooked them in. Uh, but we also add a, a, a kind of further tier, sort of past the the bottom of the funnel, which is qualification and advocacy, where people have made a purchase or made a decision or they're bought into you as a brand and they want to qualify the decisions that they made. They want to qualify how they feel, and even further content which allows them to be advocates which allows them to share the kind of purchase or the decision they've made with other people but what we try and do i think as i said a few times is is try and convince people not to just think about selling stuff but to think about the 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 tone of voice that they have the the um, ideology that they really stand for the purpose which is the overused word today and then connect it to why the audience should care why should the audience be engaging with your content
0: at all. What's in it for them? So, Adam, you, you talked about the the emotional and informational types of of, of video content. And um, what are the major differences between them, in your opinion?
1: The emotional stuff needs obviously a lot more thought. You're playing with things in a much more subtle way. Um, so then, you want stuff that really hooks people in and and kind of keeps them there and keeps them watching. And here, uh, obviously, storytelling becomes important, but where we really try and and play with that, and I'd say we probably do more emotional stuff than informational is what those deeper human connections are and what those 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 higher causes are within what the brand stands for or within what the audience the brand is trying to reach are trying to kind of solve themselves um, and this is where for us, it becomes much more interesting. This is where it becomes a much deeper, more meaningful conversation uh, for us and for the brands. When you look at the deeper human cause, when you look at you know, what we're trying to understand about ourselves and our world as human beings, and you can start telling stories about that, even if it's just a snapshot of that journey, you start to be able to connect to people in a completely different way. So, you know, stories have been told in the same way for centuries uh, and for millennia because the brain works in a certain way, because we're trying to understand ourselves and the world better in the way that we always had. This is why story structure of The Matrix and uh, all the way back through to to sort of um, Greek mythology is always the same, the hero's journey. as as Vogler called it. So if you can tap into those things of what we're trying to understand as human beings, then you can start to make connections in a much deeper way, even if you're a B2B brand. And I think that that's the shift that is definitely starting to happen, but it's taking a long time to get there. B2B brands think or thought that they were different, that they had to communicate in a much duller, drier way. They don't. They can communicate in the same interesting way as... As everybody else because we're human beings we're looking for that human connection we're looking to understand connected to that is then the higher causes and this is where purpose comes in and and where people think purpose is a is a tagline or people think purpose is um just to do with social causes it isn't purpose is why a brand exists in a world and for who And if a brand can understand that, if if a brand can understand the deeper impact it can make on the world and and its customers, and it's authentic to that brand rather than being a, a marketing strategy, then the conversations become incredibly fruitful and the content that can be created and the impact becomes something much deeper and more profound than a lot of brands currently
0: realize today. Time to take a short break now, but don't go anywhere, as when we come back, Adam will be offering his advice on how you can inject that emotional connection into your video content. Tech Demand is a B2B platform who specialise in connecting organisations with their customers. Tech Demand create unique and engaging specialist content, which is evergreen for generating campaign success. Visit the website tech to discover how tech demand can help you. Welcome back. Ready for some more video talk? Good. Let's get back to the action. In a couple of our previous episodes, I've spoken with Elise Dobson about the power of storytelling, and Elise has mentioned the importance of bringing emotion into your content. I asked Adam how he does this with video. I remember from a, a filmmaking course many years ago.
1: Uh, with a with a scriptwriter, you don't kind of go. I want to watch that film tonight. You go. I'm kind of in the mood for a comedy. I'm kind of in the mood for a romance. I'm kind of in the mood for an action. You know, you want a genre first, and then the film second. You're you're looking for what that emotional response is in your body. But with B 2 B, it's kind of different because you want to be able to take it as a brand. You want to be taking your audience on these journeys, but but you're You've got to kind of earn the right to give them that kind of information.
0: One of the things that actually I've seen over the last few weeks that's that's really captivated my attention was, um, it was the Super Bowl happened on Sunday night, and in the in the lead up to the, the Super Bowl, so for about the last two weeks or so, the band the Foo Fighters released a few very small videos of them all in sort of American football gear and they, they they were actually promoting they they were doing a pre-super bowl live show in Atlanta where the super bowl was taking place on the night before and the way that they did it was that they they basically launched i think they released three or four videos each one was slightly longer than the last one and as the foo fighters tend to do with all of their music videos they get into character rather than it just being them performing on a stage they got into characters of an american football team a very very pathetic american football team as it happened and and they were arriving in atlanta for not the super bowl but for a a very very smaller version of that for basically rubbish teams hello folks and welcome to our coverage of the lead-up to super saturday night We're here in beautiful Reseda, California, at the practice field of the league's most unlikely team of misfits, the San Fernando Jackalopes.
2: The team bus is arriving
0: now, so, hey, let's meet the players, what do you say? All right, ladies and gents, let's kick off this Super Saturday with your Jackalopes captain, Larry Butts. This man is tough. I know. He's got an outstanding arrest and conviction record after
2: 36 arrests in the past 36 weeks. Who does that? Oh, forget him. The
0: way it worked was that essentially the very first promo was literally just uh, a five second clip of Dave Grohl stood there in his American football kit and the video pans from his shoes upwards until you see his face and that's it and then each video is slightly longer until you get to the point where actually the full-on video is actually I think it lasts for about five minutes or so and it's them arriving on the bus and you've got three commentators or, or analysis who are basically talking about their very poor season and them about to you know go into the biggest game of their lives and it, it worked really well i mean at, at first i did think to myself oh are they are they are they doing the halftime show i thought they'd already announced that it was marine 5 doing that um so i had to actually go and find out more information but that actually meant that the video worked well folks with literally every player gone we'll just have to tune in to watch the foo fighters rock out at super saturday night February 2nd at 11 p.m.
1: Yeah, you, you, you definitely need to kind of get people in because of their expectation, you know, regardless of whether you like it or not, they have an expectation of, of you as a brand and what you mean in their lives. And Foo Fighters is the same, you know, you have an expectation of what the Foo Fighters will do. So you, you kind of know what to look for. You know, another example on a on a sort of brand level would be Red Bull. You know what a Red Bull films are gonna be like, you know what you're going to look to them for. And we have these subtle relationships with brands and businesses. Um, but you you've got to build it. And so if you're just gonna suddenly switch and give your customer base uh, emotive content and it doesn't feel authentic, it doesn't feel right, it's, gonna, it's you're gonna have a backlash. Gillette had that recently, where suddenly they were having conversations which they quite frankly hadn't earned. And because they hadn't earned them, there was a huge backlash by customers, by the public going, what is this? What, what are you trying to do? And it felt like they were jumping on this purpose bandwagon, rather than being authentic to who they were and moving slowly into that territory.
0: Yeah, I, I kind of went, when that all happened, I, I personally, I didn't really understand what the backlash thought was for because I, I literally sort of went, well, actually, surely that's a, that's a good thing. You know, the way that society is, is, is happened and, you know, changes have come to society over the last couple of years. And they were specifically, um, basically looking at the Me Too movement. Um, and that was what their, their, their advertisement was about, um, was, Asking the question, is this really the best a man can get? And I thought it was a real, to me, it was a really powerful statement. But then you do see that backlash and you do think, well, actually, yeah, as you say, have they earned the right to actually go that far that quickly?
1: Absolutely. And is it is it authentic or does it feel like a marketing campaign? And, and I think, you know, we... we... you look at where we are in the world and and, um, there's a company called Edelman that do a a, what they call a trust barometer which looks at the level of trust that there is in the world with media with government with organizations with brands trust is at an all-time low and trust is an all-time low I mean you just have to look around the world but obviously with governments especially and organizations and everything else and I think there is therefore this this space for brands to kind of take the mantle of actually, we want to stand for something in the world, we want to do things that are good, regardless of necessarily what's going on on around, you know, when the US withdrew from the Paris Agreement, there were 1000s and 1000s of businesses in the States, which signed a petition that said, we will still stand for the Paris Climate Agreement. And, those things are, those causes, I think, are what people are looking for. People are looking for businesses to stand for something because it's the right thing to do. And and that's where purpose is good, where purpose kind of is doing its job because it's real and it's authentic. When it kind of becomes a demon is when it's used as a, as a pure marketing tool without that justification behind it. And that's where it goes wrong.
2: Bullying. The Me Too
0: movement against toxic sexual harassment.
1: masculinity.
2: Is this the best a man can get? Is it?
0: We can't hide from it. Sexual harassment is taking over.
2: It's been going on far too long. We can't laugh it off.
0: Who's the daddy? What I. Actually, think she's trying to say.
2: Making the same old excuses.
0: Boys will be boys. Boys
2: will be boys. Boys will be boys. But boys something boys. finally changed.
0: Allegations regarding sexual assault and sexual harassment. But she says
2: And there will be no going back. Because we we believe in the best in men. Men need to hold other men accountable. Smile, sweetie. Come on to say the right thing, to act the right way.
0: Bro, not cool, not
2: cool. Some already are. In ways big
1: and small. I am strong. I
2: am strong. But some is not enough. It's not how we treat each other, okay? Okay. Because the boys watching today Will be the men of tomorrow
1: a good alternative to what gillette did was what lynx did so links um with the forerunners and they or uh, acts as it is in other countries where they kind of went actually we want to change this kind of male bombast image to um us understanding men better and men being able to express themselves. And it's not just about how attractive you are to the opposite sex, but about whether you deal with your emotions, whether you can express your emotions, what it means to cry. And they did it in a very subtle way. They did it in a way that was, one, very authentic, rather than having a scripted piece in the way that Gillette did. They had interviews with men from all walks of life. They just had those guys sitting in front of a camera talking about different subjects like, what it means to cry, what it means to hug your dad, things like that. And it was incredibly powerful because they were doing it in a subtle way and they were doing it in an authentic way.
2: i am
0: questioning my entire masculinity. You sort of maybe puff out your chest a bit and you know, go like, say something lame, like, what are you doing? Like that, and like your voice goes down like at least two octaves as well to be manly.
1: People have many different ideas about what modern masculinity is and there are
0: many ways in which one could be considered to be masculine, and they're not all the same.
1: Uh, My masculinity is is my masculinity. Everyone has a different sort of
2: masculinity. These, you know, the sort of rock stars of the 60s and 70s are incredibly feminine but then it was perceived in a masculine way.
0: On this kind of, like, masculine side of the girls, you've got, like, stone, you've got clad, you've got... Uh, and, like, on this end, you've got, like, you've got beanbags, you've got fairy light, you're going to have orthopaedic shoes. Who doesn't love that? Because it's going to be comfier. Yeah, and I I kind of think that those sort of... Adverts where you are or those those kind of videos where the the subject of the video isn't really isn't necessarily anything to do with the brand itself, but then at the end the brand is ju- the logo is just appears at the end um, works so well for you know because because it, you know we're going back to emotion again, but you know it, it sucks you in to sort of go wow this is powerful, and then at the end it then tells you this is who did this video and this advert and it it doesn't necessarily make you want to actually go and write so with with links or acts as it's in europe and elsewhere um doesn't necessarily make you go right well i'm going to go and get links africa off the shelf in the supermarket and go and buy that but it it just puts it into your head that this is maybe an ethical company that that i could start to or or, or, you know continue to to trust and, and and feel happy to be associated with it
1: yeah it kind of builds the integrity of the brand doesn't it it, it, it kind of and, and and again this is where certainly from our perspective and and going back even to that first point of okay well there's less spend now on video content i think there's a there was a desire for a an immediate noticeable metric between the video content that was there and the sales that were there rather than video being seen as a brand building tool which i think it's it's much better as that rather than a pure
0: Uh, Sales tool. So, what advice do you have for those companies who don't necessarily have a huge budget that will allow them to make an emotional video? What What can they do, Adam?
1: Yeah. So, I I mean, I realise I've I've said you know, emotion takes more takes more money and takes more thought. We made a a film last year, which was a health and safety video, actually, for a B two B brand, a steel company called Arsenal Metal, that won several high awards around the world for it, and and it was an incredibly emotive piece. There was literally just people sitting in front of a camera, telling a story, and then answering questions about how they felt about that story. So it doesn't have to be all kind of whistles and bangs and special effects and amazing locations. Um, this was something that was very subtle. What we did, though, which goes back to the earlier conversation, we tapped into that deeper human emotion. We tapped into that deeper human story that quite frankly without meaning, sound naff the deeper human story that we're all part of the deeper human story that is okay why are we here how do we understand ourselves so you want to tap into that and you want to tap into the purpose aspect but true purpose you know if you can understand your business why you exist in the world the difference you can make to every touch point, to your employees, to your customers, to the government, to the landscape that you're in, the community that you're in, if you can understand that on a deeper level and you can tell stories about that, then it doesn't matter if it's you know uh, uh, a cheaper video that's for, following one character over the course of a day or is just people talking in front of a camera. You know There seems to be a, a trend that's anti-talking heads. If talking heads are done right, they can be incredibly powerful but that means getting the right director being able to interview in the right way to ask the right questions you know to be able to get somebody to to reveal themselves on camera which is not as easy as it sounds
0: so where would you suggest a company who has never used video as part of their content marketing campaign start
1: so so i would i would start by uh, as i said kind of understanding the the business and what it stands for first That's where you really need to start. If you're in a comms department or a marketing department, you need to go and ask those questions of your organization. And it might take a while to get the answers that you want. You know, some brands take a long time to find out or to understand that they need to think this way. Um, But understanding why you exist first and what benefit you're trying to bring to your customers is really the first step. The second step is then creating or trying to work out video content that then sits around what you stand for, what causes you can, you can stand for as a business. And then obviously the products and services as, as, as part of that, but, you know, going back to the earlier conversations, this is where links or some of the other brands that, that we talked about, have got it right is because they host the content. So you don't have to have this big sort of heavyweight sales message. You just need to host the content and, and stand for something. Um, and then, you know, the human stories, the emotion, the richness of the content you can create becomes hopefully self-evident.
0: Is there a video which you've seen or worked on yourself, perhaps, that's impressed you and made you want to inquire more about that organisation?
1: Yeah, there's there's some interesting ones that, that have um, come up in the past year. So there's one that I think is absolutely phenom- phenomenal for Merck, which is a, um, a healthcare brand, um, which is called Push. Um, Merc for Mothers, which won lots of awards at, at different festivals. It
2: takes a lot to be a mother. For some, it takes their lives. But thousands of health facilities are saying push. All our health workers say push. All our worldwide partners say push. Let's push until all maternal mortality is a thing of the past.
1: It's shot in an amazing way, they've done this uh, thing where they've matched sort of real life situations and real life people with actors and things that are set up. And you can't tell where the joins are and it's something that's incredibly emotive. It's uh, because of the nature of the, the, the style, the nature of how it's shot, it hooks you in immediately um, and you want to watch it to the end and I think that's key. And then it's, it does what, what I've been describing. It, it says what Merck stands for rather than it purely selling a product or a service.
0: There's also this one from Velux Windows that you've, you've sent us as well. In 160 seconds, you will decide how this story ends. This is a story about us, the Indoor Generation a generation that spends 90% of its life indoors. It all started the day we left nature behind. We filled our homes with lovely things and all the stuff we wanted. Our homes became places you would never want to leave. Artificial light replaced daylight. And we built our houses so that nothing could escape. We cooked and showered breathed and played, slept and sweated. But we had closed ourselves in to
2: a point where nothing could get out.
1: Yeah, so Velux is another one that's very interesting. Um, So, you know, Velux fundamentally are just selling windows. You know, that's a fairly functional way of looking at what they do. What they did is they commissioned a study by YouGov looking at the effect of people spending too much time indoors and what it was doing to their health. And alongside this um, study, they created a film um, called The Indoor Generation, which is a very emotive film, um, voiced by a girl who must be about 12, scripted about how we ended up as a population becoming the indoor generation, how we got to this point where Um, because we spend too much time indoors we're we're damaging our own health now the interesting thing if you look at then the structure of the film it starts with her saying in 90 seconds or 120 seconds you get to decide how this story ends so as a viewer you are immediately brought into okay what's it going to tell me what decision am I going to have to make at the end of this and then it's shot in an incredibly stylish way it's beautifully told, incredible visual uh, storytelling techniques, as well as the script. And it creates something that's quite special. And, and, and to reiterate, for a company that's selling Windows, it's not like it's going and it's, it's got a, a cause that is affecting the developing world. It's selling Windows. And they've reinvented the conversation that they're having with customers to be something quite different. This one, I, I kind of um, come back to again and again, um, I just find it incredibly impactful and enjoyable to watch. It was interesting because we, we've got our um, a little aside, because of our blog, The Beautiful Truth, we were looking at, at kind of definitions of, of beauty and obviously definitions of truth. Beautiful is defined as something that is a, a, a pleasurable emotional experience that you want to revisit. And so if you ever find yourself wanting to revisit an experience either in your mind or, you know, by watching something again, then it's because it's a beautiful experience. Um, And I definitely feel that with this. I I think that they've taken a a very clever idea. You have these these girls who are really giving their all to perform this song uh, by Beyonce.
0: Freedom's video, International Day of the Girl. The facts, the statistics that come up at the end
1: uh, about uh, the need for female empowerment, especially girls, I, I just find it incredibly powerful, and we've used it as an example several times, but, but we, we've never been able to create something quite of this stature. I think it's, it's, it's one, of, one of my favourite films from last year. Oh, may the last one burn
2: into
0: adam penny there you can find out more about the work adam does at connectedpictures.com and for more about purpose storytelling and how it affects people visit thebeautifultruth.org.uk that's a wrap for this episode join me next week for another tech demand weekly